Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks to everyone who's been sharing the podcast. We're gaining new listeners, it seems like, every week. So thank you so much. Today, I'm going to read from uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, there's a verse that stood out to me when I was reading the, uh, the word recently, and it says, it's 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 3 through 5, and it says, For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. Basically, hey, before we were born again, we did what we did what sinners do. When we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. You know, the scripture here is talking about, Peter is talking to the Jews, and he was saying, hey, there's people... Um, uh, there's people, Jews and Gentiles, but there's people who uh, look at your life now, now that you're a Christian, and they think it's odd. They think it's strange that you don't continue doing the things you did before. They actually look down on you because, hey, you used to go party with them. You used to drink with them. You used to hang with them. You used to watch certain movies with them. There's You, you acted the way everyone else in society acts. And now that you're not acting that way, now that your appetites have changed, now that your uh, discipline has changed, now that your activities have changed, they actually speak evil of you. Like, oh, look, he's become a Christian. You know, it's like people in the world have these moments where they're feeling very generous. You know, it gets to Christmas time. And, or maybe once every while they'll go on some sort of like humanitarian thing, you know, in the sales world, that's kind of common. Like the company would host a, Hey, a gives back day and people like go and do this and they're taking photos and, Oh, look what I did. And they're putting up, Oh, look, I gave this to this person. And they like revel in the fact that, Hey, like, look what I did. I did something good for somebody else. It's like this thing, like, yeah, I care about other people. And, uh, and it, and it, and they're willing to like glory in the fact that they do something nice for for somebody but then when you as a christian have had an actual heart change by becoming a christian and all of a sudden your whole life looks different you're reading the bible you're going out on the streets and you're telling people about jesus you're giving 10% to uh your local church basically as a tithe in a way to advance the kingdom of god these things that people would look at and say wait he's not smoking anymore He's not drinking anymore. Things that are commendable. Uh, there was a time <laughs> that I went to dinner with um, uh, my wife and I went to dinner with another couple and uh, someone came up and said, hey, you know, they put the menu down and they're like, and here's the drink menu. And they start going over like the specialty cocktails. And uh, um, uh, I just said, I'm like, yeah, um, we, I, I don't drink. Uh, I'm actually um, from Alcoholics Anonymous. We don't drink at all. And, um, and I was just joking, obviously I don't, um, drink, but I was just having fun and it's a way I've even told people I'm allergic to alcohol. I've said things just to, you know, ingest this guy leaves and he's like, Oh, okay. Okay. This guy leaves. And at the end of the meal, our waiter at the end of the meal, he comes back, we're paying for the meal. And uh, he's like, Hey, I just want to say it's very commendable. I have friends who like struggle with alcohol and to be able to see someone who's beat alcohol and, and has totally, and I felt like I was six inches tall. I felt like such a, uh, such a, um, a liar. First of all, here, this guy's giving a genuine compliment. You know, I was joking, but he didn't realize it. And this guy's giving such a genuine, I think it's so awesome that you guys did that, man. I want to say it's commendable. 
unbelievable that you guys did that, that you guys beat alcohol. But things that like, man, if someone struggled with something to overcome it, sinners would look, a sinner would look at another sinner and say, hey, if you had struggled with alcohol, the fact that you beat it and you don't do that's commendable. But the moment it's now that you're a Christian and you're making these decisions, it says your lifestyle becomes very strange and they'll even speak evil of you. The world is not going to agree with your lifestyle as a Christian. They're not going to see it as a good thing. And it's actually the spirit of their father, the devil, on the inside of them. If it's not surrounded, giving back, if it's not surrounded by a Christian belief is looked at as a great thing. The moment it's, hey, I'm giving my time and I'm volunteering for the church. How many sinners out there are volunteering? But the moment you're volunteering for the church, they're like, oh, I can't believe you do that. Why do you spend so much time? Why do you tithe? Why do you, man, you pray every day. You listen to this podcast every day. Like the things that are commendable about the Christian lifestyle. Hey, I'm not, I'm not who I was. I've had a heart change. It says they think it, they think it, uh, strange that you don't run with them to the same excess of riot. What do you mean you're not coming out with us? My mom tells a story when she got born again of people would invite her out and she basically had to cut off all her old friends because she was like, she partied, right? And she uh, she just, she got saved when she was 23 years old and she had for years and years just partied. And so all of a sudden her friend pool dried up because they're like, oh, you know, uh, Veronique, she caught religion, you know, whatever people say. And she said that her, her, her friend then became, she had one friend that lived in a town a few hours away, but her friend became this old lady, Mrs. Friedman, who was a Christian, who she used to hang out with and spend time with because the lady was a Christian. They would bake together. All of a sudden, her, her things changed, but her friends looked at her like, even she talks about how her brother looked at her like, oh, you've become a prude, you know, like they, they, the things in themselves are commendable, but the moment it's I'm doing this for Jesus and I've actually had a heart change, it says that that they're going to look at them like, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. You have to get comfortable with the fact that the world will be uncomfortable with your lifestyle. They're not going to agree with your lifestyle. The Bible talks about fear of man being a snare. The thing that took Saul off the throne and put David on the throne was the fact that Saul regarded men. The fear of man is an issue. And you have to be okay between now and the end of your life that people are going to misunderstand you. People are not going to like your lifestyle. The Bible even says that you'll be persecuted for your lifestyle. Some of you already know that if you're in high school or in college and you wear and you stand up for being a Christian, you're not like a closet Christian, you stand up for it. You're going to see people who will persecute you. But even when you get into, and maybe I shouldn't go there, but you get around people who just are used to, people who don't believe in the power of God or haven't don't have a renewed mind, and you're going to get persecuted. You know, you'll be in a place where they'll say something like, uh, aren't you worried about this tropical storm coming? And you're like, I don't worry. I'm a child of God. And they're going to look at you like you're a stranger, like just relax. Don't get so serious about it. No, I don't worry. I'm refusing to take worry. So I'm not going to let my mouth agree with you. Be like, yeah, you know, I really get afraid when these tropical storms, you know, it's like to even say that out of your mouth, your mouth needs to change to what the word of God says. But it says here, the next verse, it says, who will give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead, the living and the dead. You know, the reality is for them, every single one of them will at one point give an account for their life before the, before the king, before Jesus. And imagine that day where, where Jesus will look at them and say, uh, why did you reject my gospel? I sent people to preach the gospel to you. Why did you reject my gospel? And their whole life 
will, will be presented before God. Why did you reject my gospel? I pulled your heart. Why did you choose sin? Why did you make fun of other people? Why did you turn your heart from me? Why, when you heard the truth, did you reject it? Why did you reject my love? I was drawing you for years. Why did you reject it? There's coming a day of reckoning, and we don't want to see loved ones. We don't want to see friends. We don't want to see people in eternity. We want every person, even the foulest people on earth, we want them to find repentance and make heaven because the power of the gospel can change their life. And ultimately, we want them to make heaven. That has to be our motivation. I want every person on planet earth to make heaven, even the people who are causing a ruckus. But if they choose to reject the gospel, this is my prayer sometimes. If they, if Lord, let them find repentance, but if they choose to reject the gospel, let their life be cut short because they're drawing other people away from the gospel. If there's someone who's put themselves in the category of being a wicked person, who's not just a sinner, but is actually wicked and is turning other people away from wickedness. If you read Romans 1, you'll see, you'll see an example of that. Um, Lord, let their life be cut short because they're calling, if they're, if they're going to reject the gospel, let their life be cut short because they're pulling other people away from the gospel. So, uh, they're going to look at you people. You have to be okay with the fact that people will look at you and say, man, you do so many things based on a hope. Like you're looking off at eternity. You're looking at a day of judgment. You're looking at the fact that you're going to stand before God and you want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And they're going to think it's strange that you read your Bible. Why do you read your Bible? Because I want to stand before God because this is what saves me. The word of God is what saves me. Why are you spending time in prayer? Why are you not coming and hanging out with us? Why are you not doing this? Why aren't you wasting your life away? Why aren't you doing what normal people do? Why don't you do this? Well, it's because of this great hope that I have, the hope of the gospel. I think many people in Christianity today get so outward focused and they look at the world around them and it's actually where their lives get conformed to the world. And the Bible says, don't let your lives be conformed to this world. What is, what is your life? It's your actions. How, how different are your actions to the world actions? Do you just have a belief in your heart in Jesus? But if we look at your 24 hours or your last seven days, how different do they look to non-believers? And I'm not talking about, hey, you're supposed to quit your job and pray. And so, you know, don't go to school. Don't. But like your devotion, I talk a lot about devotion because it actually shows your, it's the practical way. How you use your time is a practical way to see your love. If you, if you tell me, I used to say I love God and I've always had a, a heart for God. And I've always, I believe, and I've always, you know, since young had a heart for God. I've been going after God and I believe if I would have died, I would have gone to heaven. But the truth is as a disciple, there needs to be disciplines. And so for me, people get outward focused where they need to be God focused. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 verse two, it says, looking unto Jesus, um, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of God. There's going to be people who try to shame you for your lifestyle. But Jesus had his eyes on the cross because he saw what the cross meant. He saw that the cross meant the restoration of humanity to himself. He saw beyond the cross. When you look in your life, you look at 50 years from now, 60 years from now, 70 years from now, what do you want your life to look like? Do you want to have made it through? 
be financially comfortable, have lived a good life. I'm not here on planet earth to make memories. I'm here to make converts. I'm here to make it to heaven and to bring people with me. And so I organize my day around that and I'm not perfect with it. Yes, there's times where I choose to uh, watch a TV show every once in a while and I could be doing something better. Or hey, I get on my phone and I'm on Instagram and I probably should be reading a book. I haven't read today, right? And I choose the one over the other. But there comes a point where you have to say, I want my schedule to, I want it to be able to be seen in my schedule that I love God. I want people to be able to look. If my life was a typed up schedule, what did I do the last seven days that people could look and say, this person loves God, Bible in the morning, prayer in the morning, Bible at night, uh, reading the word, reading books about the Bible, studying the Bible, spending time with people, sharing the gospel. Does your life reflect the fact that you're a disciple of Christ? Does it reflect it? Oh, you know, we're in 2019. There's so much. No, there's so much wasted time. And I understand because I've been there spending so much time on our social media. I talk about social media a lot because because it's an issue. <laughs> there's people who spend an hour a day plus on social media between YouTube. Uh, I know YouTube's not social media. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and don't spend 10 minutes in the Bible. That's a problem. That's a practical problem. That's your life being conformed to this world. But this is what everyone does. Yeah, but you're not everyone. You're a child of God. Don't be outward focused. Don't, I don't care if the pastor's son does that. I don't care if a pastor does that. What would Jesus do? Look at Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Keep your eyes set on him. Know that your life is not going to be accepted by unbelievers. Be okay with that. Be okay to be extreme in what you do, the way you go after God. Be okay with that. I want to challenge you because as you get in prayer, as you spend time in prayer, the Lord will begin to show you changes that need to be made. Take 30 minutes one of these days. If you don't already have an established prayer life, take 30 minutes, set it on your calendar. Hey, Wednesday morning, you know, whatever, Thursday morning, Friday morning, Friday evening, I'm going to take 30 minutes. I'm going to close the door. I'm going to leave my phone outside the room and I'm going to pray in tongues and, and, and let your mind find one scripture and think about the scripture and think about the Lord and pray in tongues. And the Lord will begin to show you, you'll start to get clarity, man, this is something that's holding me back. This isn't, I'm not, uh, I'm not here to condemn anybody, but but your life will reflect the gospel. And then because your life will reflect the gospel, be okay with the fact that people won't like your lifestyle. People, oh, look at them down there. You're so extreme. That group down there, you know, those. you're one of those people that, you're, you can't you just be normal? Can't you be like every other Christian? No, because I would say majority of Christians are lukewarm, personally, I would say. Now, have a lukewarm devotion to the king. So as you choose and as you make these decisions, the life of God becomes your life. You become so excited. Man, I got to get time in the word. I've, these things that were just sheer disciplines become the life of your heart because you realize, man, I wasn't even living until I was, until I was, until I was full of the word of God. I wasn't even living until I was a person of prayer. I wasn't even living until these things. I'm actually alive to God right now. I want you to be living to God. I want you to be excited about your relationship with the Lord. I'm going forward. I'm moving forward. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And be ready for persecutions because people aren't going to like it. But there's a day coming, a day coming, a day of reckoning where they'll stand before God and give an account. Let your light so shine before men 
that all men might see. I love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next podcast.